The following episode of the Bruin Family Insights podcast is brought to you by Westcom Credit Union. Serving Southern California for over 85 years, Westcom Credit Union is dedicated to helping Bruins and their families build better lives. Learn more at ucla.westcom.org. Welcome to Bruin Family Insights, where we equip Bruin families with knowledge to help you get to know UCLA better and encourage your student to thrive during their time at UCLA and beyond. I'm your host, Kayla Albano, and we're back this season with a series called Parent Perspectives. In the coming months, we will highlight and explore how a number of different factors influence the Bruin family experience. Today, we're exploring the differences and similarities of joining the UCLA community as a local family and an out-of-state family. I'm so excited to have with me two members of our 2021-22 Parents Council. Our first guest, Lisa Hardiman, lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Her daughter, Emma, is a senior studying English. With Lisa today is Simi Memon, who lives in Placentia, California. Her daughter, Amara, is finishing her degrees in neuroscience and Spanish this year. Well, Lisa and Simi, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk with you today about your family's Bruin experiences. Happy to be here. Excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah. Well, before we get started, we always have a Bruin trivia question that we put out there for our listeners. And our question today is, What was the geographic breakdown of the fall 2020 incoming freshman class? To our listeners, uh, take some time, think about that as we're chatting, and we will give you the answer at the end of the episode. But let's go ahead and dive right in, ladies. I just want to start by hearing a little bit about why your student chose to go to UCLA. You know, while I could say that it was my brother who had something to do with this because he is an ex-Bruin or a graduated Bruin, alumni, sorry, an alumni, uh, you know, and the fact that he calls UCLA like the best university in the universe or the fact that Amara had a chance to go to UCLA when she was little, you know, really little a couple of times. I, I can't say that's why she chose it. You know, in the end, a lot of it was Bruin Day. A lot of it. I can't even emphasize it was so much energy, so much vibe on the campus. Of course, the campus is gorgeous. That doesn't hurt. You know, she got that campusy, college feel when she was there. Um, she talked to students, just randomly talked to students. And our big question became, would you select UCLA again if you had to do it again? Mm. And it was a really good question. We used it everywhere. And all the kids resounding, yes, no hesitation, no oh yeah, let me think about it. So, and then helpful kids everywhere. You could see them actually collaborating or helping. This is just casually while they're laying around or hanging out. You could see that. And that was, that was really what solidified the whole thing. Emma noticed that there, when we toured campus, that there were very few students who were walking around with their phone in their face. They all had their phones in their pocket. They were conversing with one another. They were interacting with each other. It really stood out when we toured. But Emma chose to go to UCLA because she was interested in the creative opportunities that UCLA and Los Angeles offered. She's an English major and a film minor. 
but she very much wants to work in the film industry. So she was drawn to creative writing, film production, business development, museums, the culture of Los Angeles, all of that, which you can only get in Los Angeles. Yeah. And so it sounds like for both of you, it was either the the campus vibes or the city. Like there was a lot about the environment that really spoke to your students when they decided. Very to much so. I, I actually told Emma when we toured, it was so wonderful. And we knew what the percentages were for out-of-state students that I told her, I said, you can look, but don't touch. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to be the supportive mom, but I was very much a realist when we were touring that this was so fabulous. Um, and it really has been a great experience for her. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. No regrets on our, my daughter's part. I asked her years through, you know, would you pick it again? Would you pick it again? She's like, yeah. oh, yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. And people ask me about her going so far away from home to go to school, but we kind of approached it when we actually toured the campus, we approached it as a kind of a study abroad. You know, she's, she's, she's embarked upon a four year study abroad. That's so awesome. I I love that perspective because even our our country is very big with very different cultures all across it. And so I I can totally see how that would be a perspective to keep uh, as she comes to LA. Well, thank you both for sharing that. And, you know, I asked about why your students chose UCLA, but I also want to know about your family's transition to UCLA. Obviously, I'm sure that could be a a really long story in and of itself. But as you think about that, what were the best parts, maybe your biggest challenges, um, things maybe you feel like your family still has to learn at UCLA, if anything, uh, how how was that transition for you? Emma had excellent executive function skills, which was one of the reasons that we chose to explore colleges on the West Coast and so far away from home. Um, If if she was not a self-starter, if she couldn't think independently, I would have probably um, looked closer to home, but we knew she was ready for the experience. Um, I think the biggest challenge we had was um, and I don't know if, if your daughter see me have the same issue was just a uh, homesickness that first quarter fall quarter, there was homesickness. My and daughter didn't have that. She came home every week. <laughs> She's like, Oh, change of atmosphere. So yeah. yeah. So no, we didn't have that. So that was, that was an adjustment. Um, and that was one of the things that Emma noticed is that a lot of the local students would leave on the weekend. And so that left her and some of the other out-of-state, not local students, they really bonded because they all hung out on campus together. They would go to Westwood together, um, explore Santa Monica together. Um, So she really bonded with a lot of her friends that way. That's great. I had an out-of-area roommate when I was in college, and she just kind of became adopted into my family and would go home sometimes. She also had that community of folks who lived out of the area, but when she needed a taste of home and couldn't go get it, she she came she came to her California home. But that's great. I, yeah, I think there's there's definitely something to be said for creating your own little community where you are when you can't get to home. Right. Simi, what about you? You know, I think honestly our transition was 
definitely a lot easier than it has to be for an out-of-state student because a my brother went to school there so it wasn't an unfamiliar area and i felt really comfortable at the state about safety but education and safety but definitely i never worried around about the surrounding area or any of that and that made it so much easier i think orientation helped make everything comfortable and you know, challenging parts, of course, obviously COVID coming along, but that's the situation of itself. You know, it changed plans a lot that we didn't expect. But, you know, I kind of tried to prepare my daughter for the fact that it's a quarter system. You know, I'm a, a UC, different UC campus graduate. So I warned her, Emma, you know, quarter system is really fast, you know, and her high school prepared her very well. But, you know, when you get to it and the speed, you know, if you're not on top of things after week one, you'll be behind if you don't keep up. But for the kids who actually can plan, who are good good at it, and I assume if they're at UCLA, they can do this. I think you asked what we still have to learn. Honestly, this is a really good question and I'm still trying to figure this out. You know, UCLA has so much to offer, whether it's academic or the resources or the clubs or the activities. Like I literally think you can fill your days with all these other things that UCLA does and never go to school. <laughs> There's so much stuff, Emma. I just don't know like how to how she can find all of it. You know, there's so much of it that goes on. So I'm hearing homesickness, quarter system, getting used to that, and just navigating the sheer amount of resources at UCLA, but also hearing that community was built and that your students kind of found their place. So I'm hearing a lot about your students, but what about for you as parents? What was that transition like real quick? As parents, I think the time difference was the most difficult for me. 12 o'clock midnight, she's just starting her evening at 9 p.m. I'm ready to go to bed. She's ready to tell me about her day. So we had to adjust in our communication and came to appreciate family group chats and texting and FaceTime. And um, that certainly helped narrow the miles and and, uh, close in that time difference gap. Um, But that was part of the difference, but just missing her. But it was it's so hard to be wistful now because she so obviously is in her element and enjoys what she's doing and is pursuing the path that she wanted to start and has so many different things to explore. Like Simi said, there's so many different opportunities and taking advantage of the ones and putting her time and effort into the ones that are important to her. It's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Very true. I think as a parent transition was just because my first born was going away to school, but I, you know, did not have, I think the out-of-state issues are a little bit different, obviously. You know, for us, it was just, just oh, missing her, same thing. But, but knowing that she's close by, too, helped. It made it just much easier. And I, you know, Lisa, hearing you talk about missing her, but trying to figure out how to communicate with her. One of my favorite stories from one of our formal council, former council members is that they eventually couldn't get a hold of their student, whether it was because of time or their student was so busy or whatever it was. And so for all of our listeners who need maybe a tool to use with your student, they decided that their code was P-O-L, 
proof of, of life. life. Yes. We do the yes. same thing. Awesome. I love that it lives on. We do and the same so- thing. If she sees me type proof of life, she will respond right away. She yeah. will text right away. Cause then she knows there's something going on that we need to talk about. <laughs> That's awesome. I my daughter it. is an over texter. So, you know, like if it was my son, I would need proof of life. But for my daughter, it's like, I know exactly where she is and where she's at. It's too much information. I hear that a lot too, about like differences between somebody's daughter in college versus their son in college. Everything, everything changes depending on which kid it is. Which kid, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, I know you've talked a little bit about both of your students' academics and, and how they kind of got into those interest areas at UCLA. But when you think more broadly, even about their priorities as a Bruin, what were their priorities when they started at UCLA and how have those evolved over time? I know that you both have a few years as Bruin parents now, so you've been able to see this, this progression. Her goal was to do well. You know, she's thinking grad school. At that time, she was thinking grad school. Um, so her goal was neuroscience. And I said, neuroscience isn't the easiest major. Are you sure about this? So let's see what happens. I want to do it. I like what it is. So she stuck with it. She's done well at it. She's happy with it. So what did change is that she never thought she would pursue Spanish, mm. but she came to sometime early in her time at UCLA. She's like, just doing science all the time is just going to be too monotonous. So you know, she wanted to pick up something on the other side of uh, the major, you know, the liberal arts type of thing. So she added Spanish and that minor eventually turned into a major. That was a change. And then through the path, she went from deciding maybe not grad school is not for her, that maybe she wants med school now. Mm. So that was a change. So neuroscience wasn't enough. Let's throw a little more on it with the Spanish minor to major and grad school. Sure. But let's go to bed school instead. She, she really went, she really went for it. She, yeah, she changed it up. She, you know, she first thought that med school was not she's like, I don't want to deal with, you know, sick people or life or death or this. And then she thought I'd want to do research for the rest of my life. And then mm-hmm. she came to the conclusion that, you know, research is, a, is good, but it's also not interactive, not, you know, less interactive, shall we say. So that's where her change happened is, you know, she's been volunteering. It's like an internship volunteer for the last two, three years. And um, she's getting to use her Spanish. She's interacting with patients and sends the switch. Lisa? Well, aside from career goals and exploration in general, Emma's primary goal after traveling across the United States was to find her people. Mm. <laughs> and it was one of the reasons she wa- she specifically wanted to go to a large university. Um, she wanted it to be a diverse socioeconomic group. Um, she wanted to be in, you know, this large city population interacting um, and to make new friends. So she joined a sorority and then she proceeded to try other campus organizations, the figure skating club, the Christian fellowship organization, creative writing group, film and photography society. So she was super, super busy. Hence the need for the proof of life because she would be (laughs) filming for the campus group and that would run until 2 a.m. We needed to talk, (laughs) POL, proof of life. 
contact me. Um, so she found her people. She was so excited with every group that she interacted with. Um, then she needed to find her groove in the quarter system and to figure out where she wanted to be academically. Was she going to follow an honors program, um, which she's continued to do. And then sophomore year, she became very focused on internships with um, Handshake and LinkedIn. And she was able to finagle her schedule to have an internship sophomore year during That's the great. school year. That's great. So it was, it's been a great experience, great experience for her. And now she is preparing for what her next steps are going to be. Will it be graduate school? Will it be find a job and then explore graduate school? She doesn't know yet. I agree. Diversity was a huge factor for my kid too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of options. I think there's over 1,300 clubs and organizations on campus. So that's actually a nice segue into the next thing I wanted to talk with y'all about, if that's okay, because you've been talking a little bit about community and diversity and finding your people. How did your students do that? What what did that look like for them to create community at UCLA? And again, I think I see challenges from both of your family's perspectives. So, you know, on one end, Lisa coming in to California, to UCLA, trying to find your people, but also see me. I know that when you live pretty close to, when your family lives pretty close to where you go to school, it's also really easy to go back to what you know. So I'm curious to hear from both of you how that community building kind of came together. She has so many different friend groups that interact between um, her first friend group, core friend group was Residence Life. And then she went through the Panhellenic Rush. And so then her sorority became her other friend group. She wanted to be involved in the uh, Christian Fellowship Group on campus. So she joined that and she's done retreats at um, different locations up and down the coast. Um, Joined a creative writing group, joined the student film organization. And then she also joined the figure skating club and just has really enjoyed that. It's, It's more than, I told her when she, went to college that I wanted her to do more than schoolwork. I wanted her to live and enjoy and experience because you only have that day once Mm. and you need to enjoy it and not look back and say, Oh, I wish I had done this while I was out in Los Angeles. So we wanted her to do as much as she felt was possible to do within the academic difficulty that was going on within UCLA academics. Um, but she's, she's had a great time and she's done so well. And we're, we're just really happy for her. Now, figure skating, was this something that she did before or did she get into this at UCLA? She skated as a child and she okay. quit skating when she started in middle school. So it kind of brought her back to it. Yes. And so the club team is the a bunch of kids that have figure skating experience. They do compete amongst other colleges. Um, and so they can take lessons with the coach. And so she reignited her passion for figure skating. And not something you would expect in, in Los Angeles. So I love it. That's great. 
they would all pile in a car and at 6.30 in the morning, they would go down to the Toyota Center and figure skate. Simi, what about you? So for my daughter, she had about seven um, high school kids who also went to UCLA. But for her, it wasn't the idea of UCLA being high school 2.0. You know, she wanted to meet the new people. She wanted to meet people who had similar interests, who had different interests. She wanted that entire experience. So she didn't even want to room with anybody. She knew, you know. So for her, it was, she, how did she meet people? She said a lot of how she met people was going, you know, to discussions. You get to see the same people or, you know, you're sitting next to the same kids repeatedly. So eventually you guys meet. Yeah. Um, and then they talk outside of class, um, you know, while they're waiting for class to start or something, they would start talking. Of course, like Lisa said, the clubs, clubs are the greatest way to meet people of similar interests so you know that was great and she has a lot of friends that are not in her major and she's met them all over the place you know she actually met one friend just standing she never had a Jimmy Kimmel taping she sees this girl standing there with a UCLA hat she goes over and talks to her they become really really good friends and they end up rooming together and best of friends and it's just you know random not even at UCLA it's just being able to reach out and talk to people is the best thing. You know, you connect. And uh, I think meeting friends, all these little things that happen, it made UCLA go from a big campus to a small. She yeah. said, I know it's a big school, but these things make it small. You know, you find your group, you will, everyone will find a group. They just have to be willing to step out and do so. And the biggest thing she found is that, you know, you have the idea that certain schools are cutthroat and this and that, and they're out to sabotage. She said, there's been nothing at all in her experience with both neuroscience or Spanish that indicates any of that. Everyone supports each other. They help each other. They group me and they'll try to, you know, figure problems out. Um, They definitely, it's, definitely all collaborative that helps when you're looking for community that nobody's trying you know everyone's out for each other to do well definitely helpful when you're not worried that somebody's trying to take your spot or or none <laughs> compete of that with you. none of that sabotage your lab experiment no yeah her experience has been great all the kids look out for each other and and I think they also have they have a group chat. I think everyone that entered her freshman year were on a large group chat and they would, and I know there was the Facebook group or the Instagram group, and then they would catch each other's sense of humor, kind of get a feel for each other's sense of humor. And I noticed that, or then Emma would mention to me later, oh, well, I've, I've met so-and-so and we're going to go meet at coffee. We're going to go to Starbucks. We're going to go to share tea because we all have the same sense of humor. And I, I thought that was kind of neat that they would do that. Yeah, making friends group- on, in- oh, go ahead. Steve. Yeah, sorry, I was gonna say just in those group me's, you know, they, you know, that right n- night before the exam or whatever, oh yes, they're all up, you know, it kind of gives you that support that you're not the only one who's sitting there studying at this time, that all of you are studying at this time, or, oh, I don't get this, or does anyone know how to do that? And they will all add in. So it's, it is really great. I love, I love that part. That's so good. 
Well, you've mentioned some clubs and organizations. You've mentioned, you know, some of the tools that your students have used to connect or get get their wheels turning at UCLA. But are there any resources or experiences that stand out to you that have been especially beneficial to your students' journey? Well, for Emma, it was the different career resources that were available. Handshake was one. Um, getting the introduction to her first internship um, in her sophomore year, she was a literary management intern for a talent agency. Mm-hmm. So that was a, um, a great opportunity for her. And then also it's just being able to connect with upperclassmen. That's a huge resource for her, um, especially upperclassmen in her sorority who share their experiences. Um, they're offering advice and um, offering other internship opportunities they had heard about, or, hey, I'm finishing this intern and the internship and they need somebody for next quarter. Um, So it's a lot of the networking that we see in the real world. The students are all networking with one another. And UCLA has so many networking opportunities. I mean, you already brought up Handshake and just connecting with upperclassmen. Um, Through the Alumni Association, we have UCLA One, which is like Uh, UCLA's own version of LinkedIn that's just for the UCLA community. So it makes it even easier for Bruins to connect with Bruins. There's just so many ways for students to build their network. So I love that you said that. That's, That's what I hear a lot from our families, for sure. And I think my daughter is going to be taking advantage of some of those things more now so than before. You know, the handshake to, you know, but she'll have that little phase in between where she'll have some time to take advantage of that. Like for us also, I would say, you know, the TAs, science has something called, I guess she was telling me they're called learning assistants. Mm. She says they're super important and the TAs have been great. And you know what I found that's interesting is that the, even the professors, they are so open. You know, they email all the time They have and take advantage of their office hours. You know, kids kids will hesitate and be a little bit afraid to do it, but you can't go out there. You know, they're there for you. They're putting you first. And I've seen that out of my daughter's both majors. They will put, they put the kids first um, and they're open. So take advantage of it. Yeah. We have uh, for, for those of you listening who have gone through family orientation, you may have heard one of our professors who speaks. He talks about that where students come in their senior year or whatnot, and they need an internship reference reference or a job reference. And they've taken his class once. And so they go to him for a reference. And he says, we've never had a one-on-one conversation. You haven't come to my office hours. You haven't done any of that. So how can I vouch for you based on just a letter grade? Like you were sure you got an A in my class, but what do I know about you? And so I think the office hours piece is something we hear consistently from families that either my student took advantage of this and it was great for them or they didn't and they really wish they would have. I told my daughter to take advantage of that right from the beginning because me, I have to admit when I first started college, I did hesitate. I felt a little bit intimidated, you know, the first maybe two years. So I didn't, I didn't think I took advantage of that opportunity. So I told her, you really have to, you know, take advantage of it, get to know them. And, you know, the professors at UCLA in our experience, they will go learn your names. She's amazed sometimes that, oh, they know my name, you know, and I'm not just talking about the small classes, you know, the discussions, the TAs, they all get to know your name. So you're not just a 
a figure. You know, you actually do have a name and the professors want to know you. Awesome. Well, you've already given some really good advice, I think, to our families. But I do just want to ask you as we think about, uh, you know, what by the time this airs, we will be back on campus um, and students will be doing, you know, an in-person experience again. But for some students, it will be their very first time on campus this fall, um, whether they have come in as a first-time freshman or they're a sophomore, a transfer student that is just getting to experience campus for the first time. But we are very much in a new world for everybody, whether folks are coming back to UCLA or are just getting their first experience with the campus. So what advice do you have for both students and families as we continue to navigate uh, re- this return to the more traditional UCLA experience? I would say, you know, for those kids who are coming, be be extroverted. You know, go go take advantage of the club fairs. Talk to other students, you know, when you're sitting around them or near them. And if you're in the dorms, attend those floor events and get to know your neighbors. You know, and as you go to the clubs and go to these activities, you will start talking and meeting your people. And for families, you know, tell your kids to enjoy it. And, you know, like college is something you only get, like Lisa said, said earlier, you only, you only get that time period once in your life. These four years are once in a lifetime opportunity. So have fun, stay focused also. Yeah, find that balance. Yes, absolutely. And you need to take those breaks in between. You know, otherwise, it'll be very tiring and very exhausting. So yes, right. When I was thinking about this question, I was really thinking about the families and especially the families long distance um, who may not be familiar with the quarter system and know that the quarter system is a very different machine for these kids. So I wanted to familiarize myself with kind of know what ebb and flow the students are going through. So I could kind of align my ebb and flow with her energy and what, you know, what the students were going through, what Emma and her friends were going through. So I became very familiar with UCLA's registrar calendars, the term calendar, the Bruin bill dates, when the holidays are, when the registration attempt passes are. Tasselstotheleft.com is a great resource with all of the different degree requirements, all of this without me asking her to tell me all of this. This was just kind of, you know, in my free time, I'm on my iPad, I would go through and see what was happening, transfer that to my calendar. And it sounds pretty basic, but when you're on the quarter system, week zero means you're already behind. (laughs) You're gonna jump in week one with 200 books or 200 pages in a book that need to be read. But I'm, I've never been a helicopter parent. Again, I felt like Emma has very good um, executive management skills. But doing that just kind of helped me, I guess, align with what she was doing so far away. Yeah. That was kind of important to me because I still had a high schooler at home and I knew what her schedule was. And she was there to familiarize with, you know, tell me what was going on. But Emma being so far away, she wouldn't always communicate everything. And so that was the moment that I could be the mom to send everybody um, donuts that, you know, to the dorm room to say, hey, happy midterms or, you know, best wishes with finals or, 
you know, send little cakes or something like that. I was always the gift mom for freshman year. <laughs> um, just to try to let them know, you know, kind of help them pass the time while we, you know, manage the difference, the difference in distance. Also with parents, and I've noticed this online, I've noticed this on Facebook, on Instagram, there's a tendency for many parents and I feel like they need to check themselves and ask the question, are you using the term we or our when discussing your child's matriculation through UCLA? Mm. I feel like it's time for those parents to let go and let your student manage him or herself. It's not our schedule. It's your student's schedule. We're getting real here. Yes. It's, they're more than capable. Absolutely. They're capable yes. of doing this. They didn't get the, to UCLA by being delinquent in any way, shape, or form. So, Right. Right. And I, I feel like everyone needs to, um, to be, especially pertaining to COVID, to be respectful of each other and our Bruin family, because I really feel like that this has been a Bruin family. And we're going to have two years of baby Bruins on campus for the first time in a very long time. It's not just one year baby Bruins. We're going to have two classes of baby Bruins. Mm -hmm. And I hope everyone will breathe and give everyone around them, the administrators, a chance to give them the, whether it's a virtual hug or a in-person hug to know that these kids are, as Amy said, very, very capable and the support is there. The students may have to ask for the support and reach out for the support, but know that the networks are there and the parents can familiarize themselves by going onto the UCLA website. It is a fabulous website. And if you have a question, chances are the answer is there. If you can't find it, mybruin is at ucla.com. Is Perfect. A great resource. Perfectly stated. I love it. It was. And for those of you who are listening and feeling like there are so many resources shared and I don't know how to write them down fast enough. If you check the show notes of the episode, we have all the links there for you. So uh, don't feel like you have to have written everything down. It is there for you as well. So we'll make sure websites, email addresses are available, um, you know, to the point of getting all of the important dates and deadlines. Our office actually has our Bruin Link newsletter that goes out to families every quarter. And that usually has those dates and deadlines and a link to that term calendar. So We have got you covered and you just heard some really awesome advice from parents who have been in it. So I I hope you will take that tough love, uh, especially, you know, we're, we're in fall quarter right now. So if you are kind of checking yourself as a parent on how you've been navigating, there is still time to adjust. So take, take this advice and uh, think about how, how you can move forward with your student um, with that. But thank you both. That was really great. I, I want to turn my attention to the two of you a little bit more in the volunteer space now, because I mentioned it at the top of the episode, but you are both members of our parents council and we uh, in our office get the wonderful joy of working with you both as, as volunteers. And so um, I just wanted to hear from you, especially after that last piece where we're talking about not being helicopter parents and letting your students do things on their own. I think for a lot of families, volunteering can maybe seem like 
like overstepping. So I want to just hear from you. Why did you make the decision to be involved with our office? And what has that looked like for you? Because I'm sure there's some people who expect that to be, I can follow my student around, but that's really not quite what it is. So uh, CV, let's start with you. Why did you decide to get involved? You know, I've been involved in the students, my students forever, you know, from parent mom to, you know, managing a basketball team to band, you know, leaders. Anyway, let's put it this way. For me, it was just sort of like, hey, I can do this too. And never with the intent of helicoptering, because honestly, you're completely independent, you know, as a part of this organization or this group or committee, you're not following it. You may not even see your student, you know, and you don't, everything you're doing is completely independent of them. So it's not a helicopter mom situation at all. And I think what happened is, is, you know, when my daughter fell in love with Bruin on Bruin day, I had that feeling that she was, and that's when I looked at her and I knew she felt because I was feeling it. And so even though I went to UCI, I have to admit, I think I love UCLA more. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. Somewhere along the lines early on, I fell in love with UCLA. I just thought, I love the way the professors are. I love the fact that the resources are amazing and, you know, you just have to find them and be reach out and take advantage of them. I also, you know, liked the idea of making a difference for other families who are incoming because, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but on Bruin Day, I talked to this couple and, you know, when you're, you're that new parent, you don't realize that what they, who they were, there was this couple and I'm, I know now that they're from this, uh, you know, the committee, the parent committee, and um, they basically answered all my parental concerns and worries from safety to, do you have any advice? And they took care of all of that. And I think it took me about a year to figure out that, hey, they were from the PFA. (laughs) Oh, well, I want to do that for somebody that made a huge difference for me on that day. So yeah. So that's how come I ended up wanting to join. That's great. And for our listeners who didn't get a traditional Bruin Day experience, uh, we have parent volunteers who come out and answer questions and talk with folks and pass out flyers and just celebrate that day. And um, it's just a really great time. So uh, there's plenty of other events besides Bruin Day where you can connect with other families, but that is, that is the context of what we typically do on Bruin Day, but just, just want to make sure folks know, since we know that wasn't necessarily everyone's experience in this past year. Uh, but I love that, Simi. Thank you for sharing that. I, it, it makes me happy to hear that that's how we got you is because you talked to another family. Yeah, yeah. Lisa, what about you? I was not familiar with the term parents council until a friend of mine at a college here on the East Coast mentioned that she was a member of parents council for her son's university and just went on and on and on about what a fabulous experience it was, how she met professors, she met um, administrators, they were called in for focus groups, just, and she was so just involved. And so then when I saw the parent council application happen, I thought, oh, well, this sounds a lot like what, you know, what this friend shared. So I filled out the application and was accepted. I have a, um, a passion for just volunteering and the community. And when I saw that Parents Council goes out into the community, especially the um, One Bus, One Cause, 
I was hooked because I thought, well, that's a way that I can do something with my kids. And we're in the LA community that we're all being able to experience something where my daughter is. And just, we, so we've done one bus, one cause. Um, we were able to, I've been able to meet campus administrators during the meetings, hear from admissions, hear from, oh my goodness, um, I just can't even like name all of the different groups that we've, um, that we've had come through. Did you do coffee? Lisa, did you ever do the coffee get togethers yes. or the send offs or all of those? Those are great. Yes, we've done coffee chats here in Atlanta. Um, but it was really a way for me to get to know other out of state parents as well as local parents and to um, and just connect and just kind of figure out this very amazing place that my daughters traveled all these miles to go participate in and for me to get a better feel for for her experience. You know, it's not PTA. You're not parent teacher association. It's nothing like that. Um, it's totally a different parents council. It's, it's the parent viewpoint of what is going on with a student experience. So that's been really intriguing and just supporting other parents and learning from other out of state parents. I have a group of parents that live in Los Angeles County that if anything happens to my daughter, they would be there in a heartbeat. And it's, you know, my other parent council friends who would, you know, go help her if she needed something. So that's important. And then also just socially, I mean, getting to know other people, we've gone to sporting events, um, social events, after hours, coffee chats. So social, volunteering, staying connected to UCLA, creating a network of care for your student in LA, even if you can't be there. That's, that's awesome. Thank you both for sharing that. And uh, to our listeners on our website, you can always sign up to be a volunteer in our office. Uh, but we also every spring have applications for our parents council, which is what these two lovely ladies are a part of. Um, so if you ever want to learn more, you can certainly reach out to our office and we'll let you know uh, how you can get involved. But I, I want to close our time together by asking you something a little more personal. And I ask this of all of our guests on Bruin Family Insights, and it is simply, what does family mean to you? I mean, I guess for me, I would say it means finding your place amongst people who will watch out for you when you're healthy, when you need any you know, help academically, personally, emotionally, just connecting that kind of thing, the people who are there for you and that is what becomes your family. It's something that where your connections will last going forward too. Yeah. And I would define that as a group of people with common ties who love, support, and respect one another. I love it. Straight up definition for it. Very nice. That's great. And I think that the theme that I have heard from a lot of folks who I've asked this question is that it's not always blood. And I, I think you have shared throughout this hour about, you know, how UCLA has become family for your student, for you, um, how their communities have become that family. So I appreciate you both sharing that and, and being here with us as well today. Um, we're so grateful for both of you, but before we end our time together, uh, officially this time, I know I've said it a couple times, I do need to make sure we give our trivia answer to all of our listeners. So our question was, what was the geographic breakdown of the fall 2020 incoming freshman class? 
And the answer is for fall 2020, 75% of freshman students were from California, 16% were from the greater United States, and 9% were international students. So that was our breakdown for 2020. Don't have the details quite yet on hand for 2021, but um, that information is all available on UCLA's website as well. So uh, a little bit more of an academic question for you all today that you'd have to have to do some digging for, but I wanted to just really show where our students are coming from today to show the different parent perspectives. I think you both did a great job of really showing what an out-of-state experience looks like versus a local experience, but also how similar they can be too. And I really appreciate you both for doing that. And just again, want to thank you for uh, your time today. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Bruin Family Insights, brought to you by the UCLA Parent and Family Association. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Westcom Credit Union. Our guests today were Lisa Hardiman and Simi Memon, members of the UCLA Parents Council. If you enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe, tell a friend, or share your support on social media. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.